welcome to episode 42 of Africa Past and Present, the podcast about African history, culture and politics. I'm Peter Lim. Special guest today is Professor Pender Mbo of l'Université Sheikh Anta Diop in Dakar, Senegal, a prominent historian and public intellectual of Senegal. She has published very widely on such matters as women and Islam, intellectual history in Muslim Africa, and civil society. She is editor of Hommes et Femmes entre sphères publiques et privées, published by Codesria in 2006, and has published many articles and given many addresses from Senegal, Rabat, Tunis, and Paris to the United States. Her publications include, to name just a few, Intellectuel et Pouvoir Politique dans le Monde Musulman, Exemple Songe et Mamluk, Element de Réflexion sur l'Urbanisation du Soudan Médiéval, L'Image du Noir chez l'Arabe et L'Image de l'Arabe chez le Noir à travers l'Histoire, and several other books on uh, Ahmed Baba et Tumbuktu and articles in Présence Africaine, Ethiopique, Africa Zamani, and other journals on, for example, West African cultural history, the role of Présence Africaine in the emergence of a black intelligentsia, the question of slavery in Timbuktu, Leopold Senghor, and the Caliphate de Sokoto. More recently, she has produced works on civil society and social questions in Senegal, including uh, the crisis of intellectuals and castes, and especially on Islam and women, including Sheikh Ante Diop and the liberalization to do with African women, the role of women in religious associations in Senegal, issues of illiteracy and poverty and religious innovations of women, uh, violence, religion and democracy, and academic freedom. And more recently on heresy, uh, uh, ou émergence d'une nouvelle voie soufi dans l'islam sénégalaise. She holds a doctorate of medieval history uh, from the Université de Provence sur l'aristocratie militaire mamelouk. And like our previous speaker, Dr. Paul Zalaza, Dr. Mbo is a prominent public intellectual speaking out on civil society and serving briefly as Minister of Culture. Her role as a public figure was featured in the book uh, Dakar Lansumis, published in 2008. She is maître assistante histoire médiévale at UCAD. Welcome, Dr. Mbo. Thank you so much for inviting me. Mm. Bienvenue. Mm -hmm. And you were, this is, of course, not your first visit to Michigan State. You were here on a Fulbright in the 90s, and you were here a, a second time as well. So we're delighted uh, to have you back here. And the occasion is you are presenting the keynote address tomorrow uh, at the conference on David Robinson and the Writing of African History. Your address is entitled Muslim Communities in African History, The Contributions of David Robinson. And I'm reminded that David Robinson and Sheikh Babu featured in our very first podcast back in 2008. And we later featured your colleague uh, Ibrahim Etyoub mm. and Ibra Sen. So it's wonderful to have you speak to us so we can revisit uh, Senegalese society and history. But let me just tell listeners about a little about this conference, uh, mm. I think a fitting tribute to the influential scholarship of David Robinson, this giant of West African history, recently honoured uh, by Senegal for his work. Mm. Panels will include uh, 13 presentations by 
by uh, Robinson's ex-students examining Senegalese history, his work on African colonial and pre-colonial history, and his methodological contribution to writing African history. To quote briefly from the conference blurb, David Robinson is a pioneer in the writing of the history of Muslim communities in Africa in the 60s and 70s when African history was emerging as a new area of study, historians of Africa were mainly concerned with reconstructing the history of pre-colonial states, slavery, etc. They left the study of religion to social scientists. But going against this grain, David Robinson made an important contribution by focusing on the history of Muslim communities and demonstrating the critical importance of local written and oral sources uh, for the reconstruction of the African past. So uh, perhaps, Patetra, we can start with, with the themes of your address and around this question of the significance of David Robinson's work on Muslim communities in African history. Thank you so much. Let me thank the student of uh, David Robinson who have this great, you know, idea to celebrate this professor. I am here for a double debt. The first one is personal, because I was very young when I came on 1992-1993 as a Fulbright Scholar at Michigan State University. And it was David who was my mentor, if I can say that. And he, I learned a lot from him, and specifically something which is very important for the future. I learned to be autonomous intellectually, to be autonomous by using for the first time of my life, you know, computer, because it was just the beginning of internet and computer when I was here. And I learned to be autonomous by trying to speak English for my first time in my life. And it is very important for my future, because if I have this important, you know, uh, life, international life, it is because I can speak English and I learn everything from David. The second depth is, I think he's one of the most important historian on Senegalese history. Important historian by himself, but important historian by training lot of, lot of so many uh, students. And one of the student was my colleague, he died now. He was one of the first students of uh, David Robinson called Muhammad Mustafa Khan. And he was a kind of son and friend of David. And we learn, and I think he's one of the most influential historian in the uh, Senegalese university. And he do a lot of things to promote what is called Ecole de Dakar, the School of Historian of Senegal. I think David, after that, he did uh, an important work. On first, on his first book, and it was the Jihad, Elijah Omar, mm. the holy, 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 holy war, Elijah Omar Fututal. And it is not only a work around a personality, of Elijah Omar, but it is the most important thing 
is the knowledge about the Senegalese and African, West African society, the Muslim communities, and the geography, the historical geography of West Africa. And I think we learn from David Robinson how to do history and how to use the oral sources, all the sources written in different language, Arabic, Fulfulde, and of course, it is David Robinson who, who give us the most important information about this social history since the pre-colonial period to the period of independence and perhaps after. Mm. And you yourself uh, studied Arabic uh, for many years and worked on the medieval period and some of these books of uh, David Robinson have been translated into French mm -hmm. including his uh, fairly recent book, Parts of Accommodation, which mm -hmm. was translated as Société Musulmane, Pouvoir Colonial Français au Sénégal, mm -hmm. et en Mauritanie, Parcours d'Accommodation, mm -hmm. and with Jean-Louis Triot, mm -hmm. he's edited several books in French mm -hmm. on le, le Temple de Marabou et la Tijania, mm -hmm. uh, suggesting that there is also, although David Robinson is based here in the United States, he has, a, he has an influence in Senegal himself. He, he has a lot of influence on Senegal himself b because all these books written are centered around the evolution of Islam and the history of Islam. As you know, Islam is a very ancient and very influential religion in West Africa. And by this written book, we had too many things, too many important things. The communities, which are very important, and how the communities evolve, the evolution of the communities, and the settlement of the population inside this area. But also, David Robinson used to, 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 to know, used to teach and to study the figure of a marabou. We can see on path of accommodation, the relationship between the Muslim communities, the Muslim society, and the colonial system. It's something very interesting. And what kind of civilization comes up from this relation and this meeting of different civilization and different society? And I think it's very interesting to see the symbol, which is Saint Louis du Senegal, the former capital of, of, of Senegal during the colonial period, where we have a mixed society uh, a kind of cohabitation between Christian and Muslim and the role played by this elite, very important elite because you have the, the Muslim elite and you have the Catholic and Christian elite. And it is why I think David pushed some of his students working on the society of Saint Louis. I think it is, for example, the work of Hilary John who did a lot of things on the mixed people in Saint Louis du Senegal. And also the work of, uh, of uh, somebody like uh, uh, Gillen Lydon, who worked on Saint Louis, the Muslim society, and the Muslim court, and on the trans Trans-Saharan uh, you know, uh, society and civilization. And it is also, David, who give us this opportunity to see the rise of all this elite, which still today very influential. The elite of, of, of Marabou, the elite of traders, and the elite, of course, mm, uh, trained by the colonial system. It's very interesting how the picture 
is, you know, making some progress in the work of David Rosimson, but the base of this work still the holy war and the jihad of Elijah Omar for two times. Yes, and uh, Hilary Jones and Jillian Lidon will be here tomorrow for mm -hmm. this conference. And mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Lidon's book has just been published by Cambridge University mm -hmm. Press, a wonderful book, mm -hmm. uh, as you say, focused on St. Louis and Mauritania mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Ibra Sen, who also wrote on St. Louis and prisons, mm -hmm. the history of prisons, mm -hmm. engaging with Foucault and others, will be also here. Mm -hmm. And um, this question of the role of uh, the marabou and uh, intellectuals is, Perhaps we could turn to your own work because you have written widely on the early earlier period than David Robinson, and you've looked at the connections, the comparisons in mm. the Muslim world in West Africa and North Africa. How how influential do you think have have intellectuals been in Muslim society? Perhaps before giving an answer to this question, I want to say something very important. It is on the seminar of David Robinson, mm. where I discover a very influential book on the future of my work called The Sokoto Caliphate of Muralist. Not Muralist only, but it was very important for me to learn from this seminar how things are going on and what was the new trend of research and the new trend, you know, of evolution of the TOEF in US. And I learned that from, the, from the, this seminar. Mm. And it is what I try to do when I go back to Senegal by going deeper and deepen my view on what we call uh, Islamic, uh, you know, feminism. Feminism in Islam, Islamic tawf, because it was very interesting before doing this feminism in Islam to, to, to have, you know, some, some knowledge about historical methodology, some knowledge about the sources, but some knowledge which on the history of Islam and the Islamic Tawf. It is why this experience from Michigan, near by the side of David Robinson, was very important for my future. And uh, it was very interesting. When I left Michigan, I go back, I went back to Senegal, and I tried to see on my society what was the new ideas on Islam and the place of women. And one of the figures I tried to know and to discover and to share with people was this woman world was just trying to create her own way of Sufi order. It is in a publication. And another interesting thing also I did in my society, it was not only working and publishing in my, in, in newspapers or journal, but how to share this knowledge with the population and to change something in my society. It was not very easy. It was not very easy, but it was very important to have a strong argument to try to face and to shape the situation in my own country. And I think for me it's, uh, it's not easy to separate my work, intellectual work, and my work of historian to what I do to change and transform the social reality in my country. Yes. It's, it's a very interesting mm. balance or combination, mm. this coming together of the mm. scholar and the public intellectual. Mm -hmm. and 
maybe uh, focusing a little bit on on your own work and the and both the history and the situation of women in Islam and in mm -hmm. Senegal, you've written on um, women in religious associations in Senegal and and their also their religious innovations. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting idea. And um, what were what was the role of women in religious associations, and what were these in religious innovations that they made? Because um, Although I'm a historian of Southern Africa, I'm aware of you know recent publications such as those by uh, David Robinson, Sheikh Babu, and others, mm -hmm. and often dealing with figures like Sheikh Amadou Bamba, mm -hmm. men. But so often the, the you don't we don't hear much about the role of women in history in Islam. What, what can you tell us about? I that? think if we consider what is happening in a country like Senegal, it's not easy to make the difference between what is coming from the African reality, cultural reality, and what is coming from the influence of the Arab world. Islam is a religion, but not only a religion. It's a religion and a, an important part of culture coming from Arab, the Arab society. Mm. And sometimes people think that deepening Islamization means you know, promotion of Arab culture and shifting the relation between men and women in the society, which is very different to what happened to the Af Arab world. It's the first thing. And history for this way is very lightening. For example, if you take the sources of uh, the Middle Ages, sources coming from the Arab, you know, uh, writers like Al-Bakri. Uh, it's very interesting to see that in these sources, the position of woman is very important and very interesting. But if we go far and if we see the evolution of the society, the position of woman shifts if you consider the Islamization, the progress and the transformation by Islam. Where Islam is very important means the figure of woman is out of the public sphere and is in the private sphere. It, and woman disappears completely from the sources. For example, if you compare the right of somebody like al-Bakri during the 11th century and what you have on the tarikh of Tombuktu on the 15th century, it's different. Women disappear completely from, for example, the tarikh of Tumbuktu. It means by Islamization, change the position of women. And this position of women, sometimes still, even you have Islamization. And the best example I can give to you is the role of the mother of Sheikh Ahmed Bamba, Mandiara Busso, who is a woman, like in Iran, it's very interesting to make a comparison between to Iran, because I visit Iran and I see, for example, in a religious city like Qom, the place of place of woman on the shrine of Fatima Nasir. You have, for example, with the mother of Sheikh Ahmed Bamba, a woman who has her own, you know, um, celebration, her own presence in the Islamic society. It means, but even we have Islamization, we have some resistance 
on the African society, on the African culture, coming from specifically women. If you go on the street of Senegal, you ask people, who is the father of Sheikh Ahmed Bamba? You cannot have a response. But if you ask anybody, who is the mother of Sheikh Ahmed Bamba? Everybody knows Mam mm. Yarabuso. It means it is a kind of resistance from African society. Something I can relate it to the work of David Robinson, specifically about path of accommodation. How our society is accommodated to all this influence coming from the outside, specifically from the Arab world, and sometimes for the colonial system. People think that we accept, we have accommodation, but we have also the way and the path we use to resist and to control our own society. These are very interesting issues to do oh. with the public sphere, and mm -hmm. um, perhaps we could uh, uh, conclude with a discussion about you know, what does it mean to be a public intellectual speaking out, as you have done very courageously on, on issues uh, in the face of conservatism, issues to do with women and violence and religion and, and academic freedom in, in Senegal and Africa today. And you have been criticized from some quarters for your outspokenness. Mm. So um, this sort of suggests also the, the future uh, uh, of, the, of the public sphere in Africa and maybe relations to the US and the West. Mm. What does it then mean uh, to be a public intellectual speaking out? Sometime in a country where the social structure uh, didn't have an important evolution and change. It's very complicated and a little dangerous to be a public intellectual. But we need that if we need to shift the situation. I used to say that when colonial system arrive in, in Africa, they bring something very important. They bring the institution of the 19th century and bring these institution and put this institution on our societies, which didn't change. The European come with this institution, but without two important things. They didn't come with the situation of the revolution of 1789. They didn't come for me for something which is really very important with the reformation of a period of the 15th century. It means reformation is very interesting if we compare to the situation of Europe, where I think reformation free the individual, free the person. Mm. The reformation give autonomous to individual, but we didn't have that. And how can we deal with modernity? And how can we deal with ins institution if without changing our society? It is why, for me, I use my knowledge from history and try to do the work on the basic situation and modernizing and giving freedom to individual means two things for me, means engagement and commitment of intellectual, who knows, and have a clear project of society, which means also using woman's position to modernize and shift the society. Of course, you have a lot of resistance because I use generally something our society didn't accept. For example, I face 
and deal with a caste system. The caste system. system. Yeah. Mm. It was something very difficult mm. during the 80. And I was alone some time. And after that, I deal with the position of woman in the society. Where Islam is all the time used to push women out of the private, out of the public sphere. And all the time when I try to deconstruct all the situation, I have a lot of resistance. Resistance from, you know, the religious group, resistance from even some women who didn't, you know, understand. And I didn't accept to compromise myself because I know why mean knowledge if I don't accept to make a sacrifice for my, for my society. At the beginning, it was very difficult. But what was important, I have also support from, from the international community. And uh, it was very interesting when I began to do this work very young. People used to say, she's just Freemason. She's just uh, uh, working for CIA. She's just working for American. I received a lot of, lot of critics. But it was interesting because on history, I used to learn and I used to read a lot of biography, e even the biography of Prophet. And I say, if you need to change a reality, it's not easy. You may, will have a lot of resistance, but you just need to have very strong intellectual argument. And uh, after some years, some time, I have some good result. And now I think people understand better what I am doing. And it is the rise also of civil society. And I think perhaps I don't want to put myself in front of the line, but I think I play an important role on promoting civil society in my own country, yes. Two, well, it's two wonderful examples of committed mm. scholars, David Robinson and Penda Mbo. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Thank you so very much for speaking to uh, Africa past and present today, or perhaps I should say l'Afrique passé and présent. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Africa Past and Present is produced by Matrix, the Center for Humane Arts, Letters, and Social Sciences Online at Michigan State University. Our producer is Scott Pennington. Technical assistance is provided by Alicia Scheel and the Matrix staff. For more information about this and other episodes, and to subscribe to the podcast, you can visit our website at afripod, that's A-F-R-I-P-O-D, dot A-O-D-L dot O-R-G. Africa Past and Present is also available on iTunes and other podcatcher sites. To get in touch with us, send us email at africa.podcast at matrix.msu.edu. Thanks for listening. <laughs>